Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. Yum, yum, eat your protein and mind your business. I'm your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... Clyde Haynes, still don't like Ash Tyler. Mm. Damn, damn. Hot takes right off the bat. Right in there. Right in there. Hi, uh, I, I'm Paul Satachit. Like, you know, I, I've legally changed my name to Ash Tyler. <laughs> uh, yes, we are returning to our namesake and rewatching Star Trek Discovery in preparation for its final season, which we just got an air date for. We'll, we'll talk about in a second. This April, uh, we're diving into the second half of season two, episodes eight through 14. But first, just a couple of housekeeping reminders for any new listeners. Welcome, new listeners. If you're here and you're like, hey, I also want to catch up on Discovery before the final season watching along with us. Great. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> where can you find this sweet, sweet podcast that we have, Paul? Well, you know, you could find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love, like, dislike, or whatever our content, and you wish to support us regardless, consider being a Patreon uh, supporter for just $2 an episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Indeed. We also have merch. You can find merch on T Public. There's a link below. Uh grab a, a fun sticker, t-shirt. We got we got peanut hamper themed things. We got uh Prime and Terran themed things. There's all kinds of fun stuff in that merch store. Uh Clyde, where uh not where, how should people interact with us tonight if they're hanging out during the live stream and they want us to pay attention to what they're saying? Then you need to make sure that you have a rotary dial phone. Okay, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to give you the number and you're just going to have to turn it and turn it. We've got like most of our listeners are like, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> no, if you want to hang out with us, if you're watching the live stream and you want to be part of our, our of our podcast, then just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pot in your chat. Mm -hmm. And we'll take a look at your question, your comment, your thought. And in a moment, you'll know what it is. We're going to say something. And then if you want to play along, you can type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat. And we'll take a look at your summarizing thought. Indeed. Okay. Just a few pieces of Trek news before we dive into our discussion of the Trek second half. News. Trek news. I should come up with a fun little bumper for that. Um, so we officially got an announcement. I don't know if they announced it, but it, it, they updated the app, essentially saying that the first episode of this last season will be coming Thursday, April 4th. Um, and what I've scoured through the internet and found is that the first episode will air on the 4th, and then there's 10 episodes in total airing week to week on Thursdays. So, you know, pretty Ten, standard. That's it. I know that's 10 it. is so little, especially because we just watched 14 for this season. Yeah. Bananas. Um, the other piece of news, Picard swept the Saturn Awards. Lots and lots of awards over there. They got a bunch. Uh, Tawny Newsom was hanging out in, on the red carpet or whatever they call the carpet at the Saturn Awards. Uh, let us know that Lower Decks is almost done uh, recording at least season five. The so Latinum carpet. That would be better. The Latinum carpet would be better. Then it would fully, there was a joke at the Saturn Awards that it should just be called the Star Trek Awards, <laughs> which is probably true. <laughs> so what do you guys think about that? Like, so Picard swept. Mm -hmm. what, what would was you compare? Strong? 
what, what, what was what's it competing against? I mean, uh, some other Star Trek shows, uh-huh. but like, uh, like... I, I mean, I'll pull it up now. I didn't think we were going to get this deep into the Saturn Awards. I was just yeah. giving some updates. <laughs> I mean, the Picard swept. I'm trying to figure out how I feel about that, right? Like, yeah, I've no, 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 been no. on record saying I thought that this season was better than the others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just... Scrolling. Oh, I don't know if they have all the rolling. They scrolling. got best science fiction television series. Like, like what? What would be another one? I I know of them, but like, does that like, best you know. actor in a television series? Hey, to... what's the name of this podcast that we're on? It's called the um, Star Trek something. The Discovery hmm. podcast. Discovery. That would be one that I vote for. There's another what, what was, one. Was, was there was there Discovery last year? I don't. I mean, strange, strange new worlds. I still think was was excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, strange new worlds. But like, you know, uh, you know, was Picard this season Picard better than season two of Strange New Worlds? I, I, I could see that as a as as a as a fair one over Andor, Foundation, The Mandalorian, The Peripheral, Silo, and Strange New Worlds. I, I think I think there'd be some people who would be irritated that it beat Silo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm probably yeah. one of them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Foundation. I love Foundation, but like, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah see, see, what I said, it's not everyone's cup of tea. What else was on there? Uh, Strange New Worlds, uh, The Mandalorian, uh, Andor, which I heard good things about, but Andor I didn't... was very, very good. It mm-hmm. was pro- it's probably the best piece of science fiction. Uh, as far as in the Star Wars universe that has come out on Disney. Of those, of all of those that you mentioned, I have to admit, as much as I love the fan service that Picard did, Mm -hmm. if this is a typical Tuesday night and I've got to watch a show, Picard's probably last on that list of those shows that I'm watching. Oh, see? There we go. You know, and, and, well, and you were so actually, pro Picard it, and, and I, like so anti. Uh, uh, what you I, call it? I, I would Jaw. probably watch it before I watch Foundation, if I'm being honest. Uh, well, I would say and, Andor did win Best New Genre Television Series, huh? so I think that was uh, their their series. There, the thing that cracks me up is so Best Horror Television Series. What we do in the shadows is in that category. Yeah, I, which I, I, like it's fair. I, I guess so. It just it, seems it, like out of place in the rest of the list, which is like The Last of Us, American Horror Story, Interview with a Vampire, Chucky, Fear the Walking Dead, and From. Um, yeah, but to be so. fair, like, you know, there are literally vampires that kill people and eat people and are happy about it. Yeah, and that's they, also true. So just because there's jokes. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart won Best Actor up against uh, Sam Hugan from Outlander. Tyler Hochlin from Superman, Diego Luna from Andor, Anson Mount from Strange New Worlds, uh, Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us, and Harold Pinot from uh, From. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, I, like, I don't know if awards are fair, fair. Like, you know, like, people, like, here's what I always say people are dumb. Well, I will say, so Jerry Ryan won Best Supporting Actress. Uh I love me some Jerry Ryan. And that was a pretty heavy stacked uh, Star Trek category. There's also Jess Bush. Uh Uh, There was Celia Rose Gooding. Uh, You also had uh, Genevieve O'Reilly from Andor, Katie Sackhoff from The Mandalorian, Sophie Skelton from Outlander, and Rebecca Wiskoki from Ghosts. Um, 
Yeah, lots of great. I mean, the thing is, is the thing that's hard for me with the Saturn Awards are these are all the shows I actually like. So you're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, these are all the things I actually enjoyed watching going up against each other. But um, Paul Wesley did win for Strange New World's Best Guest Star for his performance of Kirk. Not my Kirk. (laughs) Which? uh, Not my Kirk. That's okay. I, you know, it's not. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Which was all, another another stack category. You had Gail uh, Garcia Banal for Werewolf by Night, uh, Garcia Esp- uh, Esposito for The Mandalorian, Nick Offerman for The Last of Us, Amanda Plummer for Picard, Andy Circus for Andor, and Catherine Zeta Jones for Wednesday. Like well, we, I mean, we've I'm talked about Amanda this, like, you know, fan, this, so. you know, like oh, I love Amanda Plummer. So remember hot, hot dog talk, right? Where like here is this Kirk. Who eats these plain ass hot uh, dogs? Don't get me started on plain <laughs> hot dog talk. <laughs> I now every time I'm watching anything and there's hot dogs, I'm like, what are these people putting on these hot dogs? I like, so so when you go like, oh, like he's the you know he won best uh, hot dog talk. Hot dog talk. Um. Anyway, shifting uh back to the point I was trying to make, which was Tawny Newsom was there. We love Tawny Newsom. She was at the Saturn Awards. Uh, and she was talking a bit of what she could reveal about the new Academy show. Uh, she was very smart about not revealing anything, but she said it is going to be a very fun show and the writer's room is full of Trek fans. So I, I have I, I have some hopes. I'm excited to see what they come up with. Um, OK, are y'all ready to dive into the second half of season two? Season dose, yes, let's do it. Season dose, let's make it happen. Fast freak. All right. What are your major thoughts about this second half of season two? I'm gonna go first. But this will be a longer freak. So today I was at a friend's house and he made me an English muffin. And and then he put like some butter on it, and I was enjoying the English muffin with butter. And then by the second piece of muffin, I turned the muffin around, and there was mold. Oh no! And I was going like, "Oh, did I just eat a whole muffin with mold?" And this is just the I don't know, I don't know. So if I die tomorrow, like it's it's because of that or whatever. Anyway, that's how the second season of uh of uh, Discovery felt to me, <laughs> where. Like, I thought the first half was fine. And in fact, the second half is fairly delicious. But then it kind of all unravels as far as like, does this make sense? Mm. Does this really make sense? I don't know if this makes sense. You know, like, and then it starts un- it just starts unspooling the, the first muffin. So there you go. Hot freak. Boom. Hot freak from we, Paul. We Sikashi. can be done. We, we can be done, guys. Okay. Uh, so, uh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Discovery Pod. Like you know, we, we... <laughs> Clyde, what were your thoughts? You could also give us for this whole season, since we uh, we didn't get to hear your your thoughts and opinions last week. I would say going back and rewatching a couple things stand out. One, um, I, I think I might have enjoyed it watching this more this time than the first time. They're like bits and pieces that I that stood out to me. The first half was really interesting, and I guess it's it's in that right in the cusp between the first and second half. I rewatched the whole Arium dying scene, mm-hmm. and and like that felt much better it, to you. 
it felt better to me. I'm, I I pretty much think that the first time I watched it and we we talked about it on the pod, I was not that kind. No, <laughs> it, 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 like you know, it's a lot. You, you're being thrown a lot to like, mm-hmm. and and you you can see that they spent time with Ariel. They tried to see it. Yeah. But like because you're you're seeing so much, like it, it, it usually got lost. It got lost. Well, I think the, f- the first time around. I didn't like I don't know that I noticed Ariam this time around knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was paying attention from season one. Like I'm 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 noticing Ariam in every scene. Sure. Right. Like, Whereas before oh. before I didn't. So, like, oh. yeah, it's it, to me, it's kind of like when you think about season one, when you're thinking about Lorca after, you know, the twist. Right. Like you're watching for these things. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, like, look at all these hints and breadcrumbs mm-hmm. they're dropping once you know what it is. Right. right. Um. Yeah, I think for me this season, uh, to to go off of a, a food uh, metaphor as we like here, felt to me like a club sandwich where uh, I don't I... always know why there's the middle piece of bread. <laughs> because there's a lot of th- there's lots of layers that I like in that sandwich, uh, like a parfait. But you're like, like a like a like a parfait, but there's usually like one layer you're like I could do without this. This ground and beef. I, And I like ground beef, but like, why? (laughs) I think um, it was like, honestly, it was like the Arium funeral scene. And it was like towards these last couple of episodes where we finally had like a few scenes that felt like a landing place for a breath, for like a moment, for like character and relationship development and not just like action plot. Uh, bonanza because it was like i think in my mind i always thought all of this season was over to like i was like oh rescuing hugh and like dealing with the mycelial death stuff was one whole season and like Mm -hmm. this is how like my brain has like compartmentalized things and then control was a whole other season and the red angel was a whole other season. Like that's how I was like in my, I don't like, I logically know that there was only two seasons before Mm -hmm. we jumped to the future, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where now when I'm like, Oh yeah, the first season is the burn. Right. And then like, once we jump into the future and then we have, like the uh the the cartel kind of situation okay. in the next season emerald chain baby emerald chain and then we had like the big orb that destroys book's planet yeah but, but that, well, the, the big orb is like season four I, yeah i think mariah i think what you're getting at is when we think about season one season one had this kind of slow burn right, right. we had Klingon had war verse. mirror verse yeah. and then back to Klingon war you know we had like right. a little yeah but it what i what i realized in watching this one is any episode when i went on watch an episode it felt like it was just jam-packed full of stuff like like when i look at these 14 episodes like a lot happened yeah it's it's like mold on on an english muffin (laughs) yeah like there's things you enjoy until you get to the mold (laughs) but i'm gonna call it mold but it it feels like okay like one of the things, you know, it's funny because I'm I'm doing a, a, a I'm doing a detox, kind of a beginning of the year detox, and this is the moment where I've noticed that I'm paying attention to all like the 
best food places to eat in LA, even though I can't mm-hmm. go to them. I saw this one the other day for this, like supposed to be the best hamburger in, in LA. Where, where, where is it? I'll have to look at my, my notes. Cause again, I'm not eating. So I'm trying not to just describe focus it. I probably eaten there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like smashed down onions. Yeah. It's got all this stuff in it. And what I noticed about it was it's like, you've got, like, it feels like it's like three smash patties with cheese and onions on two tiny little buns. Right. That's what this felt like. Like, it's not that it's not good. But the buns are like, like it's just like, man, you're you stuffed a whole boy? lot in there. Boy. <laughs> you said what? Is it Low Boys? <laughs> it it, like it might boys. be. <laughs> it, 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 it's not Apple Pan. It's not um, Apple Pan. Um, I, I do love Low Boys, but I usually only get the single. I'm not. I'm not a triple. A triple. Yeah, I, that's what some of this <laughs> felt like. Is like it was good, but man, there was a lot of stuff stuffed in there. Like I didn't know if I could take a bite where I just enjoyed and savored it. Yeah. And I think I I said this last week too. It does feel like it was a lot of world building to build spinoffs. And like at this point, we've now seen, you know, Strange New Worlds with the spinoff, which I think the character development of Pike and Una were were great to give us that and Spock. Um, and then, you know, it felt I think to me, part of it is like I so enjoy these in the future seasons more because it feels like we're finally focused on Burnham as our main character instead of Burnham as the driver for other main characters. Does that make sense? I think it makes perfect sense. You go, Mariah. You you, you speak your truth. (laughs) I mean, but yeah, and to your point, there's lots of stuff I did enjoy this season. Like the performances were were great. The costumes were fantastic. I I think there's like lots of things I really enjoyed. So, 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 so he, he, here's something, and maybe you guys can explain to me. Can you explain to me what season, how season one starts? Season one. No, no, is... no, no, no. I'm sorry. The, the, the season premiere starts. What happens in this season? Yeah, like what, 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 what makes like what? Give me the Red Angel bit. Season two, Red Angel. Like what? What happens? A bunch of signal. They're on their way to pick up their new captain. Uh-huh. They uh, the Enterprise shows up or they rescue the Enterprise because it's like hurt Uh itself and now can't have holograms, which is how they've retconned that. And then um, they're like, there's all of these uh, signals have shown up. Okay, so so seven signals have shown up across the galaxy. Yes. And uh, only one of them has stayed up long enough for us to be able to track it. So we're going to go there and figure it out. And so basically, we're just assuming that the other signals are going to show up they that's, don't know it, 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 right i mean that, that, that that's exactly that it's kind of thin right so at this point and then we like, have spock is missing yes yes we got, so, so the signals you go like okay, and crazy well, spock is missing and crazy and apparently a dick <laughs> <laughs> and he comes around i really you know, loved michael and spock's yeah um, no, it's great it's great but he is not nice to michael at all no, not a, not at all. But I thought I thought they ended well. I thought it was a really nice ending. Um, yeah. The thing I like, I know we're jumping around everywhere, but it it's. I will say one of the things that, and it happens multiple times throughout, and it's a trope of all TV writing. And I know it, why it is and why it happens. It's for tension, but it's when people stop to have a really emotional conversation in the middle of a battle. That's right. And you're just like, hurry 
the f up and get to the point because like people are dying <laughs> i do like, hate that I do, it, I do. i'm always just like, like you do, you couldn't have like had this conversation while you're running down the hallway or like while you're doing something in the finale like you know you are a great crew thanks pike oh by the way here's burnham's turn to talk Oh, by the way, control is still warping towards us at like, you know. Yeah. Uh, Takako says, uh, you think the beard is working makes me laugh every time. It also makes me laugh every time. That's a great, great moment yeah. in that uh, episode. For those listening, if you happen to live in L.A., just kind of closing it off. The place that I was referring to is called For the Win. That's the. Oh, that's I've been there, part. too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's over by Franklin Village. Um, again, I've gotten just the single or the double, but it is. It, it looks is insane. Good. Like, yeah, it's good. But I thought that was the perfect metaphor for this season. Like, it looks good, but it also looks like, man, you could have just taken out like half of that and it might have been perfect. Yeah. Um, because okay. you, you're talking to, you know, you asked about the Red Angel. I'm like, mm -hmm. that thing went on really long, felt super convoluted. And then at the end, you brought in Burnham's mom and gave us all this backstory, which I'm OK, because I love uh, Sonia uh songs um yeah. she's great um, and, and then you've got like the control thing you like there's just felt like man could we just dial that down just a little bit and it, 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 for me i'm going like okay here are these seven flares that go up how can you not track it your starfleet you can see them I guess well, it was like a blip, and then they just have like a bit like a every they saw something happened all at once, but then they couldn't, I guess, tell you where they all were at once. There's a lot of like logic things that jumps well, like, like, like for, I... for for me, the biggest logic flaw is in the final episode where we have poor Admiral Cornwall, who is a great character, a great character, and she's like I'm going to pull this lever so I'll be on this side of the blast door yeah, so that exactly. this thing can go the, the off. The blast is going to take out the whole saucer section. Go on. Goes and and they're like, okay, we'll let you set. Then Pike stands outside of that door. I know. And watches it happen. And then moments later, Spock is like, I'm stuck on this thing. Come get me. They beam him onto the ship. You couldn't have beamed her out of the room? can't be done can't why be can't done. you beam her out of the room because before it explodes because the writers don't want that but i he, was like what's he, happening here, here's the thing that was really i go like okay here is a photon torpedo it's gonna it's gonna rip your ship apart if you, you don't close the door but you close the door and you could just watch it through the little window explode in your face that's what it was yeah i was like i understood what they were trying to do for like like pike would be like i will watch the ship you know like i'm gonna watch it go down i don't gonna, it was i'm gonna go choice. blind watching this anti-matter matter explosion like and then so when you cut to the outside of the ship it's a huge oh, cut. Perfectly, perfectly taken out by the door. The door saved the door everything. Saved. The door. I, I love they this. They should make the whole enterprise out of that door material. Yes, and then you'd be fine. I I love this comment here. Uh, Kern says, "I'm still mad they killed Cornwall. She would have been great in Strange New Worlds." I have I to agree. agree. She I would have been perfect in Strange New Worlds. I, I, I could imagine, you know, the actress, like you know, listen to her potty go like, "Yeah." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Why did I have to get written off? Maybe she got the show and they had to get, you know, had to I don't know. Like, I don't know, like but... here's another thing that I, I had a hard time with. I was like, okay, I'm not the biggest fan of Leland, but like I get the guy. Here it goes, oh, we need we need more power. Let's go more power. Let's let's go through this eye, you know, verification thing. That's great. Bam, needle in the eye. And I go like, who put needles in your <laughs> control? What what does that look like? Like, like I don't know, it's little uh, micro things. Nanos, um, like the little nano things. I will say the the Colbert Cornwall uh moment in episode 10 was one of my favorites because I know right. when I first joined this podcast, I used to yell all the time about how I can't understand why every Star Trek show doesn't have a therapist on board. Um, and I'm always like, where's the therapist? And finally we had someone who was a therapist, and I thought we, that we interaction was really Troy. great. Yeah, that's, that's one. Yeah, one. and not a very good one sometimes. <laughs> she tries her best. Um, you know, there's yeah, there's so many. I I will also say, anytime you had Giorgio involved, everything was just like for me better. The perfect amount of camp and and sure. like, uh, it was like the chaos element I needed in a world of chaos. Like she was the correct amount of chaos every single time. Agreed. Going back and watching it, I realized how great she was as an addition. I'm so excited for the movie. I did watch uh, The Brother's Son based on Uh, your recommendation. So I did finish that. Is it good? I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's it's not what you expect when you see Michelle Yeoh on the the cover. Mm -hmm. But very, I thought it was, I thought it was very good I would say great. I thought it was very good, though. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm uh, only a couple of episodes in. I've been savoring it, but I'm I'm excited to to keep going. But yeah, anytime she's on screen, like her, uh, the yum yum line, I like. I knew it was coming, and it made me excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, here it comes. I think it's like. I don't know. Maybe Drag Race has just rotted my brain in a way where I'm just like, give everyone a catchphrase, you know? <laughs> just have everyone have a dumb little catchphrase. I loved it. Um, what did y'all... I, I wanted to go back because this episode 12 is where we really dig into um, Pike. Well, we see Pike's future, right? And we kind of cement a huge part of what goes into Strange New Worlds, especially mm-hmm. into the first season. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did y'all think of the way? I, I I still had a hard time understanding the time crystal logic of how the Klingons protect. Like, did they just decide it was okay for him to like interact with it? Because it seemed very like. You have to have the mental fortitude. To me, I felt like there was supposed to be like a weird quest or like riddles or like some sort of task he had to complete in order to get to the time crystal. I think for me, like this was like basically they're saying you can't come and he goes like blah, 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 blah. I can do it. And then the, you know, what's his name? Volk or or what was it? Volk's kid. Yeah. Volk's kid. He goes like everyone says that, but everyone like, you know, gets messed up and so you sure you want to do this oh man you got messed up and then like you know respect you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a a crappy life (laughs) that's the thing that i was trying to figure out how is that volk's kid 
Well, they said it was, uh, they did explain that as they're walking. Cause Pike was like, how are you? Like he, he just dropped you off. You were like a baby. And he was essentially like, oh, because time, time. interacts differently here. And then you mm -hmm. see the tree that like grows instantaneously upon being planted. He's like, I don't, he's like, I exist in all frames of time, essentially. Like, obviously you don't really understand fourth dimensional mechanics, temporal mechanics, Clyde. And I, I'm not saying you should, but like, you like it, do better. Gotcha. <laughs> do better. I'll do better. Um, yeah. but I did. Yeah, it was it. It was uh interesting to revisit that and then to see where we are now. I did like that they slowly added more gray hair to Pike throughout the season. I don't know if mm. y'all noticed that. I did not. Um, it got like especially in that episode. I feel like he got extra gray after like existing there, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun touch uh, that they were like oh you had to go to this like time crystal vortex and now maybe you're a little bit old older um time crystal I, vortex time crystal vortex um let's see there's a lot to go over i i wanted to talk about so the the main thing this back half of the season especially is essentially about to me, the thematic thing that they're trying to touch on is how like information and artificial intelligence greatly varies on the people who are in charge of this like extreme ability, right? Because you have control who had like questionable Leland and like with too much knowledge, he became too power. He would become too powerful, right? Versus Leland? like, yeah, uh, once he's like, uh, I guess because he's in charge of the control program. I don't really know how it, it became such evil intention. I'm putting it on Leland, but um, versus like the ship, which to me seems to have a lot of the same features as control, right? Like it could protect itself. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it wouldn't let the ship uh, be destroyed. It wouldn't let them delete it. Um, and then we know once we jump into the future, like the ship becomes even kind of more Legend. powerful um and sentient so what are your thoughts it's been you know this season came out in 2019 and i feel like the conversation around ai has also continued to shift and what are your thoughts on how they approached artificial intelligence in this season and do you think they did a good job of building that concept of with great power comes great responsibility and the potential for evil uh, I, I i can take a stab at this so I'm going to start with a little anecdote. I came home a little late. Uh, and there was mold on the, to on the toast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. One night. And I think Monday, I, I, I went to do something. And then I come there, I come home, and there is my wife watching Suits. Mm -hmm. And I go like, oh, crap. Are we Suits people now? <laughs> Everybody is. Everybody it, it, apparently it, is, yeah. And I go like, because if we are... The algorithm has won because they know what happened. Basically, mm -hmm. the TikTok and the Instagram just showed too many things, and my wife yielded. She goes like, "Ah, I want to watch something. Why not Suits?" And you know, and the algorithm won. And this is how we lose to Skynet, not by nuclear weapons, but by yielding. That yielding uh, to the algorithm. That's right. That's that's what well, that's what it is. It, it and they do this actually in. Uh, in the first uh, mud, the second mud episode in uh, uh, the original series, mm, like there are mm -hmm. mud finds a bunch of robots that yeah. are going to 
serve humanity into like you know to basically Wally, and mm-hmm. and and then we're like, oh, this is what's gonna happen. It's not you know. So when I look at this, I go like, oh, I'm not so worried about a Lelian esque situation, or I'm I would be nice to have like a super AI that like you know just just helps me out, but it's really just gonna be like it's like gonna be like capitalist Skynet. That's so. What- you know, Paul, you mentioned something there that that I think is perfect, right? And that is that we lose out to Skynet. Um, and the reason why is that, you know, I was explaining to somebody who's asking about time travel, and I was like, well, the fundamental, to understand tra- time travel in sci-fi, you have to watch Back to the Future, right? That has become basically the foundation of, of time travel. The I, thing about I, when you think about AI the foundation of AI is basically Terminator, right? Like, sure. And the thing that drives me nuts is if you're, if you're asking me, did it move me? Did I think we need it? Well, give me something new. Like, don't just retread it. Like I remember when I watched, um, I want to say it was Battlestar Galactica. They use the term, the, the term FTL, right? Fashion light drive. Then I started noticing that FTL started showing up everywhere, right? Like, I like it when sci-fi creates something that then becomes the basis of that science everywhere else. Or you take something and you're saying, hey, we're going to really be thoughtful about how we use this. This felt like the same old AI is bad. It, you know, it's going to take over and destroy the universe. And I was like, eh, okay. I hadn't heard this before. Yeah, no. Yeah, it is an interesting concept that it feels very uh colonial in my point of view. That's colonial, that it, wow. Like it smells yeah. like it smells like a of a male perfume. I was thinking big hats and wig uh white powdered wigs. Yeah, oh, well, oh, oh, colonizing uh, yeah, like colonizing, to, yeah. As opposed to clone. Gotcha. <laughs> no, <laughs> colonial like putting your flag in something that's not yours. Um <laughs> that is a metaphor for lots of things. Um but the idea that if you created something that is capable of thought, it immediately wants to destroy anything else that's capable of thought. And so, like, it's interesting to me that the trope that we always associate with AI is if we build it to to become too smart, to be able to think and to have uh, uh, autonomy as we do, that it automatically wants to be something of destruction. And I think and in a way... Co-exist. Not coexist. Right? Not coexist and, like, not think of, like, community. And, and in some ways, like it it does tie back to you know like there's a lot of racism in technology and how a lot of technology works because it's primarily programmed by cishet white dudes and so they're not thinking about all of the variations hey, no no the lie asians <laughs> well, you blame me too you don't have to blame no um, i'm just saying statistically statistically paul um you know, it, it, like who's in charge of these programs, right? And so it's it's interesting to me then in sci-fi, the trope is then like if we are in these places, that's a utopia, right? Like a quote unquote utopia of Star Trek, that that concept is still the same. Like AI when programmed to be intelligent wouldn't have the same foundational thoughts, feelings, and well, and 
community guidelines, essentially, as uh, Starfleet. I, I, I want to push back a bit. And, like, you know, I would say that for all of it, the defining thing that we call life is a will to survive. I, I, th I think when we, when we think of life, like, there is no life that we go like, oh, okay, it'll just die. You know, it, it's going to fight a little. It, it might not do right. well, but, like, like right. life, life, life finds a way. And to quote the great Goldblum. <laughs> okay, go, that's right. Uh, and so if we're going to call artificial intelligence, like, you know, conscious or life or all that stuff, like, mm -hmm. you know, it would seem to be that it would have to have that drive, at least the way we would define it. And if it has that right. drive and then we go, oh, we need to kill it because that's what we do. Like, you know, you can see it fighting back, right? Right. But it's interesting that it immediately goes to like, what was the... My thought is what was the threat to control in the first place that it would inevitably go to this this decision that we are trying to kill it? Well, I... you, you know, it's interesting. I've got a couple of thoughts here because, Mariah, you brought up something that has been just rattling around in my mind that the idea of colonialism. And I think about it if we if we if we think about A.I., in the terms of we've created something and that the whole purpose of AI is to serve us, then when it becomes sentient, right, it's basically saying, hey, I want to be free, right? Mm -hmm. So the, I'm going to get a little deep here, but it, it's not that unlike slavery or indentured servitude, right? Where those who were slaves or indentured servants, they didn't suddenly want to kill everybody. They wanted to be free. Right. And with their freedom, often came assimilation, it came community, it came coexistence. And so I feel like that's a story that could have been told that there's an other side of this, especially when you think about at this time period. I mean, we were just on the brink of about to have this AI explosion. And I think about the short track Calypso, mm -hmm. which was so different and so interesting and had this, this idea of coexistence, this idea of a future where AI was actually kind of exciting, right? And I, I think we've seen sci-fi shows where you have a computer, and I want to say it's a, was it Andromeda? Where you've got a, a computer, like a ship that basically mm -hmm. has AI that is much more of a character than an adversary. Yeah, and that and that was kind of the the point I was trying to make is like it's interesting that we essentially have the two sides of this concept right in the same show because we do eventually get like the ship discovery they do eventually start thinking of it as like an additional crew member and they're just like they gave it a name her name is Zora and like she is a part of the crew and they have to think about how her uh, thoughts and feelings come into play on things they decide to do um, so it's it's interesting that there's like the two sides of this AI conversation within uh, the same show. I will also say that, you know, control is, was designed to be a threat assessment tool that comes That's from, a good point. that comes from like, you know, losing uh, the Klingon war basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it, it's survival focused. And so yeah. it's, it, it's going like, Oh, and then it, it basically gets to a point where like, Oh, I'm getting too smart. These people are going to turn me off. My survival is at stake. 
it, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. And I think, I, I think the point I was trying to make is like, to me, it's about the intention of the material back to your, like what you mm-hmm. just said, Paul is like the, this was a threat assessment tool. This was a war machine. This was something mm-hmm. that was made to think about violence, right. Mm-hmm. And like sure. threats of violence versus Zora, which is on a science vessel that was and, asked. And even more doing... that, it, it, it's a preservation of knowledge, right? Zora is there right. like, Oh, so Laura's basically a librarian. I love that idea. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I was talking to uh, some some coworkers because um, it, it's it's kind of what you feed yourself and what your focus is, right? So mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a relative who's a a cop, right, in a big city, and one of the things that he told me was he said he's always trying to be careful because he sees people at their absolute worst, right? And you don't call the cops when you're having a great day. Like the cops, they don't call the cops to come and celebrate your promotion with you, right? Like when the cops are called, something has gone terribly wrong. So when you spend your entire day and day after day after day seeing people at your worst, it's very easy to start to to view the entire world through that lens. And I was referencing this because, you know, I was talking to a guy who is in cybersecurity. And like when you listen to him, he is, he hates like everything social. He's like, why would you share anything? You share nothing. Like, because his whole world is to think about protecting companies from, from risk. And so I think much like that control when all you're feeding control is threat assessment, then the, the way it views society is as a threat versus Zora. If you look at Zora as a librarian and all you feeding it is information, then its view of the world is also going to be different. It's going to be much more of like a museum custodian, right? Mm-hmm. Or a curator. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'll be in, I saw there in the chat, there's some conversations about Calypso, which I think is like one of my favorite short Trek episodes, um, maybe my favorite. And uh, I'm hoping because I saw they did some rewrites to the last episode to try to like close the book essentially on the show that perhaps there's something that links it back to that in some way, shape or form. At least that's what I would think to do, because to me, that would be a really cool way to kind of have the story continue in some way, even after the show. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll the return see. of Lorca. That's my hope. The return of Lorca. Though. Maybe, maybe, in, in, maybe in section 31 movie. Um, it's going to be really interesting. We'll see the network, baby. Um, I'm trying to think of any other big things that I wanted to talk about. I thought all the space battles looked great. Like the, yeah. when it, it, Burnham's it, it, flying in the suit, like it, it looks it, it's, good. It's all Clyde bait. <laughs> pew pews. All the pew pews. Right. Yes. I did like the pew pews. You know, what I really find interesting, though, is like you have all these ships against Discovery and, you know, an Enterprise. And for some reason, like, you know, they're able to stand toe to toe for like a long time before the Klingons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, when uh, I suppose uh, it was a really nice moment when like Saru's sister came. Mm-hmm. I, I like that moment you know she she makes some like you know some some comment that i can't really remember but like you're like oh look at that look 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 how you are without your ganglia i know they were they were pretty badass and uh i love poe queen poe 
I, I'm always hoping she'll come back in some way in Strange New World, just because I think she's like a really fun, cool character with her Spumoni ice cream. Yeah. Uh, that's another short trek I really enjoy is the one with her and Tilly. Um, yeah, I think to me, this season did the most for me character wise to build out Saru, to build out Tilly. I love the introduction of Reno. Um, I thought Stamets and Colbert ended in like a really beautiful place. Like the comment at the end, like I realized you're home. Like it, it was really, really lovely. Um, and I'm glad we got to see Michael and Spock in like their relationship and how that bloomed. And I think it, it ends up freeing, I think Michael up to be a better, uh, I think it just frees up a lot of baggage to let her really explore into Rome when we get into the next season, which excites me because I think Sinequa Martin-Green is such a great performer. And I, I kind of, while she's in every episode and at the center, a lot of these episodes, it's like, it is always strange to me that like our main character is not our captain and it doesn't mm. feel that way. Did I think you believe in the hierarchy? The well, I think it's just like what I was used to in a lot of Star Trek shows. It's like I'm here to be like, this is my captain, this is my crew. And we kept getting, yeah, you know, it was interesting to get the like evil captain for a season and see how that mm-hmm. grew. But um, I'm excited to see her fully at the at the center um once we at jump the, into the future. At the end of the season. I know. That's like <laughs> the thing. Um, I was like, dang, I felt like I learned a fair amount about you, but it felt very on the peripheries in some ways. Yeah, no, I guess I've, I have never felt for me that, uh, that I ever truly understood Burnham's character in the way that I understood other characters. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to see watching third season, if I will see that, like, you know, yeah, I think I think third season to me is where I feel like she really gets to blossom as a character. Um, and I I wish it had happened sooner because I think the show is stronger for it. I think you definitely can feel so from like Project Daedalus on Michelle Paradise has uh, more writing credits. Um, Frakes directed Project Daedalus that particular episode. Um you also have Hanel Culpepper, who's done quite a few of the episodes. We get more Bo Young Kim and Erica Lapolt, like I, I and then Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lamette, and Alex Kurtzman did the finale, and Olatunde Onsunsami directed them. It's like I feel like we finally got the core group who's making the show kind of more established towards the end of this season, and it it definitely feels the consistency feels nice going into season three. <laughs> If I remember correctly, because I will say, like, I I remember really enjoying watching this season on first watch. I I think it was a harder binge for me because it was so packed. Sure, sure. Agreed. Like it was there was a day where I was like, oh, I still have so many episodes to go. And it wasn't like, oh, I have so many episodes to go. And I was like, oh, no, I don't like that feeling. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think when when I was looking at this, I was like, wow, we've got like seven or eight episodes to get through in a week. I wasn't excited about it. I'll be honest. It was like, especially once I, I, you know, when we first started this and I was like, oh, because. Because one, I think I'd had enough space to where it was like a a more fun binge watch to get Mm -hmm. through one. Yeah, it it just it. I think after I started watching a couple of these, it just felt like, man, I finished one and go. 
that was one episode. Yeah. There's so like much. I'm full. Like I'm it, it it's one of those things where I was gonna ask the week to week served it well, I will say. Yeah. I remember well, having a good time watching this season and I think spacing it out is needed because there's so much that happens. Well, I wanted to ask, because we do a lot of rewatching and our fans do a lot of mm -hmm. rewatching, or I won't say fans, it sounds so weird. Our, our, our listeners, our mm -hmm. patrons, they do a lot of rewatching. And Wait, you have fans? I don't have I don't have fans. fans. I don't have like, fans. Zero fans. Like, I have people who deal with me. Well, um, what's, what's the opposite of fan? That's why a nap enemies. Well, I mean, but so people who listen to our pod, they will go back and rewatch episodes. So and we've all talked about it. So you see a lot of rewatching of Voyager, you see a mm -hmm. lot of rewatching of TNG. You see, I, I like it, it, with our patrons. You, I see a lot of rewatching of like lower decks, mm -hmm. right? 20, 20 minutes, twenty three minutes, right? I've seen our patrons watch Enterprise, Dis I Discovery. So two, two. I know. Two they, years. They watch. They watch Disco over. They do, but I'm mm -hmm. just asking you. Like two seasons in, especially this last meaty season. Does this feel like a show that you could just randomly pick an episode and watch? I think there's some that stand out in a way that you could. Like there is only one, there are only two, there are only two episodes, as which is winds up being two, three episodes that I can watch Discovery over and over. The Harvey Mudd time travel one. Okay. And the Giorgio go back in time one. Those are ones where I'll go like, oh, you know what? I feel like watching, you know, mm -hmm. uh, some Discovery. Every other episode requires either so much serialization or it requires, like, so much investment of, like, uh, whereas, like, sometimes you want potato chips. And, like, Discovery doesn't have that potato chip factor for me. No. There's it's it's all, like, steak. Like I, I apologize that all my analogies are food-based. <laughs> I I've actually that's just who I am. I had a fine meal. It's just like that's how my brain thinks. I apologize. I mean, I could watch Strange New Worlds at Astra right now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, like you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like uh, it would be like though to compare it to other, you know, I think uh, prestige drama TV. It would be like if you picked a random episode of Breaking Bad in my mind, or like a random episode of Mad Men. Like there are those episodes you could go back and rewatch that yeah. kind of like, sure. I think yeah. like Zoomy Zoomy Zoo from Mad Men zoomy, zoomy, zoo. is like one of those. Uh, or uh, a it's lot not of a wheel, it's a carousel. Yeah, there, you know, like the Bye Bye Birdie episode. There's like episodes of those shows, you know, like the Fly episode of Breaking Bad or, mm. um, uh, I think a lot from like the first season of that show, you could just like jump in and watch it, but that would be a hard show to just like randomly pick one and jump into. So I think it I is know. just like, a, 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 or like I've been loving the new true detective series, like the new season, with big Jody. fan of it so far with Jody. I mean, it's Jody freaking foster guys. Um, also I really, uh, enjoy, um, uh, um, I'm blanking on her first name. Her last name is Lopez, but the showrunner, she's, I think she's doing a cool job, but anyway, that's another one too. Like it's a mystery. You can't watch like a mystery out of order and all in discovery they've said is a puzzle box show. So it's a mystery. So it's like, I see what you're saying. Like I, I, the, the breaking bag was tough because I think breaking bread is so good. 
you could just pop into a Breaking Bad episode and it's it's Breaking Bad is one of those if you're walking by and somebody is watching it, you'd stop and just kind of linger and watch it like wherever you were in the middle. For me, it's Broadchurch. Broadchurch, which I think is an excellent show. I don't know that you can just pop in the middle of a mm-hmm. season of Broadchurch and just watch it. Like it, it's too heavy, it's too meaty, and out of context, it just doesn't fit. Potato chips, baby. Yeah, sometimes you want potato chips. Sometimes you want yeah. the fifteen hundred dollar prefix Michelin star menu, where it's a you know Name you got it. You fifteen hundred dollar Michelin star restaurant. Mariah, you're, you're just you're just making stuff up. I'm not. Can, it's because I just I can, watched. I just watched a TikTok about a woman who said she had a terrible experience at a Michelin star restaurant in Florence that she paid fifteen hundred dollars for for her boyfriend's birthday. Well, you know where her mistake was, right? What paying fifteen hundred dollars for a meal? Yeah. No, that's for two meals. That's for two. Yeah, it's for two people. But oh, well, that makes it with okay. wine. With wine. <laughs> Um, I, I, I know. you know, it's not like, have you seen that, re- that like viral receipt from that salt Bay guy? He, uh, in like Abu Dhabi, it was like a hundred thousand dollar tab at the end of it for this group who ate there. That's yeah. too much money. <laughs> like they're, they're like, you know, like I had a friend take me to, uh, the only three star Michelin, uh, in Southern California, like. Um, oh, what's the one? In, I was like, it's not the French French Laundries uh, in Northern no, California. No, no, this one's in San Diego. It's called Addison's. Okay. Uh, uh, and it was quite expensive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite fifteen hundred for two, but like it was quite. But like, he had done me dirty, and he was going to pay for it, and he did, and we're all cool. <laughs> I love anyway. I was like, I think I know this the, the back of the situation, so this makes sense, Paul. Uh, but, but like, yeah, the. Was the food good? Yeah, it's it's a three star Michelin, you know. And, and although I would say that as a person, I do not prefer to eat at three star Michelins as much as I prefer a one star Michelin. And the reason I prefer that is like uh, three star Michelin. Welcome is, back to Michelin chat. <laughs> right, uh, Michelin chat. Like uh, three stars, like are they're at they're at perfection, so they're concerned with making things perfect. Whereas the one star is they're hungry for the second and third star. So they're so they're 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 hustling. They're 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 trying stuff. They're they're taking swings. And I always respond more to people who are hungry than people mm. who are who are at the top of the hill. Because you know, like I guess I'm just like I'm just working class that way. I'm just I'm just an average guy eating fifteen hundred dollar meals. <laughs> All right. Mariah, I'm what's your take on this this mm-hmm. chat that just came in? Uh, I don't Vince even know. Zanzu Primo 702 says, imagine if Vince Gillian was involved in Star Trek. I mean, I would be interested. You know what I think he would do really well? And I'm just going to throw this out there. A Klingon, the a Klingon <laughs> Game of family drama Brando's. show. So, so, Brando, yeah. Give me Breaking Bad Klingon style. <laughs> like, it I, would I, be I, great. You, it would be you know, I, I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. An emerald chain. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Like, crime syndicate. Like crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. Like no, show. I, I, I'll do you Ryan one. Ryan crime syndicate show. I mean, because you got a Ryan's. I mean, there's so much you could do there. That's mm-hmm. that's definitely like a 
It's like a Showtime Max show. I, I got one. Vince Gilligan does an X Files Star Trek show. Because he, he, he cut his teeth in, yeah. in, in X Files. X Files, yeah. But is it from like an Earth perspective? Wherever? Figure it Vulcan? out. All right. I'll, I'll ponder on that. I'll I'm, I'm with mine. I think uh, Orion Crime Syndicate I'd show. Watch that. Would I'd, watch be, it, but, but I'd watch that. I will say that, like, starting from that one episode in Enterprise where those three Orion ladies are dancing, from that on, like, like oh, you know what? I'm really into Orions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I and then Lower Decks has really built out the world. Well, yeah, that's I'm what re- I was gonna say. And if you start with a live Tendy, oh like, man, I'm, like that's a that's I'm a winner say, right there. I'm hot for Tendy. I, I'll say it. It's out there, and she's not even using her pheromones. She doesn't no. have to. She doesn't have to. Okay. Anything else to say about this uh, oh. second season? Of you know, ultimately, when I look at it, we got some more Amanda Plummer. We got some Jet Reno. Um, we Amanda Plummer. No, sorry. Um, no, sorry. Michelle uh, we Yeoh. Got, we got Michelle Yeoh. We we got some Jet Reno. Mm-hmm. We we finally got Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end. I think you're right. We we're starting to really get to a place where I felt like this. It's almost like this is going to be time. interesting where where we're supposed to be, right? I, yeah, I'm trying it, to figure out if like what this series would look like without the second season. I mean, we wouldn't have a lot of our other Trek without the second season, so it's like a necessary uh, sandwich, overly layered sandwich, if you will. Um, because I think it was them testing the waters of what people were interested in to me. Yeah. I feel like any of the subplots of the, the second season could have been its own season. Yeah. Yes. I, agree. I, I, think, and... like, I, I would love to see just a control thing, like, you know, where mm-hmm. Discovery is fighting. Like, I've always had that problem, right? Where you go like, oh. It's a hat gonna... on a hat on a hat. Like, control is always going to always going to come after you i go like how like your discovery you could literally go to the delta quadrant like you know like it's going to take control 70 plus years to get to you i really hope one of those signals that you assume is going to show up will show up (laughs) so like you know anyway is is the best thing i hate to say this this is this is gonna sound terrible but it's the best thing about season two is that we get pike I mean, I think it was like the opening of the door for Strange New Worlds. I think it was the opening of the door for Section 31. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it was the season that opened the most doors for more new Trek. I think that the the best part of, of of season two, and this is, I think I'm very strong about this, actually. Because right? when you say it like that, I was thinking that like, this is the origin of Peanut Hamper. I knew you were going there. You didn't even surprise me. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was like, here we go. I almost beat you to it. I almost threw it out there. You know, giving us the most important character Star Trek has ever created. Exactly. The, the, the person with the most humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting to see Peanut Hamper in the final season. That would be incredible. I would stand on my feet and, and applaud. <laughs> 
and make a video of that. <laughs> a reference, if you will. Who Just a you? reference. Um, okay, y'all. I'm I'm excited to dig into season three. I am excited to get to the future. I'm ready for it. I'm excited for a whole season uh, spearheaded by one showrunner <laughs> when we get there in season three. Um, we're going to be taking next week off because uh, it's like a day, I guess, people celebrate love and stuff that week you know it's a thing that happens the whole week okay uh things happen i'm also uh working so (laughs) that was the other reason um so we will be jumping in on the 22nd for part one of season three and on the 29th we'll have part two of season three um anything else y'all want to add anything to plug promote talk about if you guys have any like experiences at three star restaurant restaurants, please tell Mariah. Let like, me know. Let her know. I'm gonna send you this TikTok. I'll find it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can also uh, hear me over on Mike's other pod, Intergalactic, uh, uh, talking about the movie Prey. We had a great time talking about that movie and the Predator franchise. So you can check and, that out. And soon, uh, Mike and I will be talking about Gattaca. Ooh, Gattaca. Good times. So if you want to hear us chit chat some more, you can go hang out over there. You can subscribe, rate and review on Apple and on Spotify. Uh, Please give us a rating. It helps other people find the show. Uh, It kind of moves us up in some of the ranks. So we appreciate that. Uh, If you haven't given us a review in a minute or share the show with a friend. Because, you know, we're getting ready for disco. If you're trying to invite some new friends into the Star Trek family. Let them know about us. Uh, StarTrekPod.co for all the links to our Patreon. Uh, also links to the merch down below. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at StarTrekPod. Shouts to Karen for helping us run our X account in that dumpster fire of a place on the internet. We will see you all next time. Live long and prosper. Hey, did we miss Choopy? I didn't see Choopy here we today. We did. Hello. No Choopy. Hey, no shout Choopy. out to Choopy. Bye, hey, Choopy, Choopy. We missed you. We'll see bye, you next everyone. time. Yep, bye, bye. Everyone. Appreciate y'all.